What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of A Diamond Talk Podcast. Season 3, Episode 5. It's funny to say that we've been doing this for five weeks, so to speak. Five really or six five? weeks. Five or six weeks. If you think about it, we started the first week of January of the New Year's when we brought the show back. Wow. And we're now at episode number five. Episode it's, number five. That's it's a, a big journey. one. That's a big it, one. It's, it's a, a big it's, five. It's five of the Andrew and Jeremy era. As always, I'm Coach Jeremy. And I'm Coach Andrew. And direct, I'm Director of Baseball Operations here at In The Zone. And you are? I am the general manager here yeah, yeah, at In The Zone well. Baseball and Softball. And Diamond Talk talks about the ins and outs of baseball, especially travel baseball, and what we can do to help you as a player, you as a coach, you as a parent. And today I think we have a, a big one because with the world that we live in of social media and cell phones and mm-hmm. computers and it's just the world that we live in. Right. I think today's topic can reach many out there and that's finding the right coach, but there's different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people get caught up in a name, get caught up in a Instagram post, get caught up in a viewership Get caught up on, well, how many followers does this person have? And this, that, and the other thing. I think before we dive into that, <clears throat> the first thing you should know of, of finding your right coach is having an awareness of your game. Mm. Knowing, you know, what your game is. Are you a mm-hmm. role player? Are you a superstar? Are you, you know, hitting at the top of the lineup? Are you hitting at the bottom of the lineup? You know, every player has a role, and every role is meant to be fulfilled in a different way. Knowing your role first will then parlay it into helping you find the right coach for you. I agree with that. You know, it's important to understand yourself, especially in baseball. Baseball is a game where, you know, everybody really needs to understand their own strengths and weaknesses um, or else the team can't move forward. Uh, You guys have to be team players um, in order to win games. This is the, the... I think I said it in one of the other podcasts. One of the reasons I love baseball is because it's such a great individualized team sport everybody has to be great at their individual thing for the team to be great as a whole um you can't win without a shortstop you can't win without a right fielder it's just it's just not how it works um everybody's got to pull their own weight at the position that they play and there's no real position that's more important than the other sure sure absolutely um and again that just goes and now when you're young when you're 9 10 11 12 you may still be experiencing different things. You may be experiencing the which infield, is good. The outfield, pitching, catching, which is all fine as you should be. Exactly. Um, then when you get older, that's how you find your role. Mm-hmm. So I want to start there. I want to start at the younger ages, and this really pertains to the parents, because a nine-year-old baseball player, not literally, but doesn't know his left from his right mm-hmm. on a baseball field. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because that's our job to get them better, to make sure they understand the game mentally. Physically, what right. to do in situations, how to hit in certain situations. Um, it's ve- it's. I know we talk about this all the time. It's very developmental, but we're still striving towards the same goals of wanting you know to present a winning environment and wanting doing things the right way. Right. But at the same time, developing. Mm-hmm. That's the winning culture there. Everybody wants to be competitive at the end of the day. I think you know if you're an athlete and you want to play sports, uh, you want to do these things. Um, at the end of the day, you want to be competitive and you want to win. Right. It, it's not great to lose. Right. You know, we always talk about being okay with failure and learning from failure, learning from mistakes and losses. But we also recognize that it still sucks. Right. You know, it, right. 
we don't want to lose. I hate losing. I know you hate losing. And I know a lot of our kids hate losing. Um, especially if it's something that happens often in your season. It's, it's rough to go through. Right. Um, so we're not saying it's great to lose or anything like that, but we want to compete. We want to win. We want to do the right things to get us there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. And knowing your role for the older guys, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is figuring out, sitting down, looking yourself in the mirror, in the bathroom, red room, whatever the case is, and saying, okay, what do I do that contributes to my team the best? Right. Do I pitch the best? Do I field the best? Do I hit the best? Am I a team leader? Am I a big team guy on the bench? Am I good in pregame? Like, what am I doing the best to contribute to my team? After you find that out, now let's start focusing on what type of coach that you want to work with. Lessons are something that I know everyone wish they had, and some people f- for some reason don't because mm-hmm. of time and pricing, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. But everyone would love to have a private lesson. And I agree with some people there. Having a, ha- getting private instruction is very different from getting team training or team practice. It is. Why? Because it's for 30 minutes to 45 minutes, you get instruction and feedback on things that pertain to you. Exactly. But that's, you know, that's the basis of the team sport is still that individual, like we said. Um, and it allows you to get into the nitty gritty things of, uh, of your specific strengths and weaknesses, building upon those strengths and, and minimizing those weaknesses or learning how to cope with those weaknesses on the field, right? right. Um, maybe you don't have a great backhand. So you, as a shortstop, right, maybe you don't have a great backhand as a shortstop. Now you see a guy up at the plate, um, and you know he's pulling the ball. He's been pulling foul balls all day, whatever it is. Um, maybe you cheat over a little bit to compensate for that, for that lack of a backhand until you get it strengthened up. Yeah. So you go to your lessons, you do your one-on-ones, you work at practice, get extra work on those backhands, but you have to actually learn that too. You know, so working with your your coach one on one, your trainer one on one on those small things of the game, the little things like that, they help point out those things to you. Maybe you didn't think you had a weakness on your backhand. Maybe you were pretty strong, but in reality, he's giving you um, situations, putting you in situations that you're training that exploits that weakness. And now you say to yourself, "Oh well." I really need to. I, I really do need to work on this. And and how can I? How can I address this? How can I, you know, go about changing this and and working around it, working through it. Um, so it's not just about improving the actual, you know, aspect or the actual specific drill or or piece of the game. It's also learning how to deal with them and making adjustments on the fly. That's actually a good leadway into what you just mentioned about. You know, finding the right coach. That's I want to jump into that real quick because that's my that is my next segment. And finding the right coach is a trust that you have to have with yourself, the parents obviously, and the coach that you're working with. 
there's a couple things that you need to look for in a coach when you're looking for <clears throat> a private instructor. Okay, you gotta you gotta know that you're gonna trust this person on any level. When times get tough and you're not doing the right thing, this person's going to tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. But he's just not just gonna say generic things. He's gonna break it down for you. He's gonna you know put it in a way that you understand. Not talking verbiage or vernacular that you're not going to understand. Not using right. you know language that he would with a 15 year old. If you're with, a 10 year old. If you're a 10 year old. Right. Right. Um, so that's one. Mm-hmm. Understanding the coach and knowing what he's saying. Trust is obviously a main main factor, which this all goes under under the entrust umbrella. I think you want a coach who's animated. You want a coach who's willing to put in the time with you and willing to stay day in and day out and, and, and put extra work with you. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, again, at the top of the list because if you don't have that, you don't know what, if the stuff that they're saying is true or are they just in a get-you-in, get-you-out type of mindset. Mm-hmm. And I've seen players get lost and been doing the wrong things because their coach said so. Right. Not because they ever felt the need to speak and say, hey, coach, you're, tell- you're telling me to do this, but this doesn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. right? It's okay if you say, as a coach, if you say something that they don't feel comfortable with, find something else. Right. right? Make sure you have a coach that's willing to adjust to your swing, um, not try to reconstruct your swing. And in some cases, that may be the factor. In some cases, it's not. Most times, it's not. Mm-hmm. Second, or third now, if a coach tries to change, what, if you're an older guy, specifically now, and you go to a coach for the first time or whatever, and he tries to change something you've been doing, run. Don't, for speci- specifically, Hitty, tell me what you think about pitching. Mm-hmm. But if I had a guy who's 17 years, I have a guy right now who's 17 years old and senior in high school, and I went to him, I said, hey, I see what you're doing, but you're going to start doing this. Mm-hmm. Why would I do that to him if this is what's worked for him? I'm just going to help him tweak his swing to be more consistent, not try to reconstruct his swing to put his hands high, have a high leg kick, sit back on your back. No, no, no. Your swing's going to be the same, exactly what you built it to be. We're just going to tweak it here and there because obviously it works for you. Mm-hmm. Now, if I see that that doesn't work, it's a different conversation we have to have. Right. If there's actual problems in the swing or if there's problems in the pitching delivery, um, things that are going to be you know really big issues for the swing, for instance, if now – you see something that he's just physically not going to be able to catch up to that 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Right. Um, that's a different story. You know, we have to adjust those kinds of things. Um, Pitching-wise, if you see something that's, you know, going to be cause for injury or, or give you pause because you think that um, this player can't get into certain positions, and, you know, that's a big thing that I've been, you know, reading about and looking about and, and things that I see in my players a lot. Um, is not everybody can get into the same positions. You know, every body is different. Everyone has a different, you know, stress level. They have a different, you mm-hmm. know, their hips are different, their arms are different, their backs are different, their shoulders are different, different strengths. Um, they can get into better positions than others. So, you know, adjusting based on those things is okay. And Maybe you want to work towards loosening up those hips a little bit, strengthening the shoulders, strengthening the back, uh, able to put your players in a better position. But at the end of the day, if that's if it's an older guy especially, and that's their posture, that's their position that they're in, that's their throwing mechanic, um, and they're not. There's nothing wrong with it. There's not really much reason to change. Right. Unless you think there's going to be a high risk of injury or right. not, simply not going to work. Or it's simply not working for them. The reason we would want to change something is for those reasons. Now, 
Uh, you mentioned consistency. Um, that's something I like to talk about with my young hitters a lot is it's, I like to tell them that it's about how many times can you take a good swing. Yeah. It's not about taking a perfect swing every time. It's how many times can you limit the amount of bad swings. Right. It's, it's can you take your best swing more often? Right. Because you're going to take a bad swing once in a while. You're going to see a pitch that you think you like, and maybe it's it's really not that good of a pitch. You take a bad swing on it. Or maybe it's a pitch right down the middle. You get too excited, and, and you just take a bad swing on it. Right. It's how can we limit those bad swings, not how can we create the perfect swing. That's kind of the approach I like to take yeah. with the with the younger guys especially. And, and staying consistent, I think that's that's big for a coach to have when you're doing a lesson or a private instruction is staying consistent. Staying consistent with what you say week in and week out. Listen, it can get really hard mm-hmm. if you're doing, you know, 40 lessons in a week or, you know, 25 to 30 lessons in a week. You're seeing many different people. You get lost or you don't remember the things that you said to your Monday lesson on Friday. Or by the next the next time something he rolls around, you forget what he said. That's why, you know, it's important to stay consistent with what you say. It's important that you trust your coach with what he's doing. But next thing for me, it's important that your coach has a plan. Sit down with him. Talk to him. Set up, set up a meeting. Set up a phone call. Hey, coach, you know, I want to take lessons with you. Um, what's your plan for me? What, what, what are you going to do with me? How, how can you ensure me that you're going to make me a better hitter? Right. If I were to ask you that question, what would you say? How would I make you a better hitter? Better pitcher. Or whatever. Better pitcher. Say, hey, Co- hey, Coach Andrew, I want to take lessons. I heard so much about you. But what, what's your plan? I know I asked you this specific clothes. I know you have one, and you write it down in your notes, and when you do certain stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know. So I do, I do a lot of plyo ball exercises with my pitchers, um, pretty much the same exercises for everybody, the same drills for everyone, until I see a change that needs to be adjusted or something that they're struggling with. When I see that they, they really go through the basic movements of creating a linear path, um, linear drive with that back hip, um, rotating over the front foot and front leg, extension of the front knee through delivery, uh, getting their arm into a good position to throw the ball, um, all that kind of stuff. So I have the the basics, the bones of, of the workout that I like to do with my lessons. Um, and then from there, it's really about tweaking each individual drill uh, to something that they can understand and get behind, something that they can comprehend. If they're struggling with creating a loose arm action, we have to break that arm action down a little bit more for them. And that's, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's really not. Learning, because at the end of the day, you're learning just the same as the kids are sometimes. You, you're going to see different things on a regular basis, and it's going to be challenging. Right. And to me, that's half the fun right. of coaching is, right. is trying to figure this puzzle out mm-hmm. with a 12-year-old who's still learning how to move his body. Yeah. So that sometimes might mean taking a step back from the actual baseball drills <laughs> And teaching him how to actually move, yeah. teaching him how to get into a hip hinge, yeah. how to squat, how to lunge properly, um, sh- helping him stretch, helping him stretch his hips, helping him, you know, stretch his quads out and, and get extension in his lower back and, and everything like that and, and keep his chest upright when he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, for me... For the kids and and the lesson customers, if you will, the players. This, by the way, I want to I want to pause here for a second, and just say that this also imply this also goes for softball too. I want to make sure that you know our, our 
if we do have softball players listening, softball parents listening, or baseball parents who have softball players too, um, this all this stuff goes goes both sides, both sides of the coin. This yeah, is absolutely. baseball and softball. Hundred percent. Um, you know, we're just baseball coaches, so that's the lens that we present it through. I'm a softball coach too. I have some softball lessons. All right, all right, all right. I get it. I can do some softball pitching. He's stuff. a cool guy, everybody. I can do everything. Um, but one of the big things I want to mention for my players. Ask a coach why. Yeah. Ask why. Why yeah. am I doing this drill? Why do you want me to do that? Yeah. I mean, so, so many times. How do I do that? Yeah. How do I, why do I need to do that? Right. That kind of thing. So many times we just see, yo, do this. Okay. Right. And they do it, but then they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know why they're doing right. it. Right. And so I said, okay, do this. They do it. Why did you do that? You, okay, you just did exactly what I told you to do, and you executed it. Mm-hmm. Why'd you do that? I don't know. What'd you feel? I don't know. Right. You know? Right. And you do see it mostly with the younger guys, but when, when they start to get a little bit older and they're not understanding that or they're not thinking about that yeah. while doing the drill yeah. or the workout or whatever it is, you know, that's where you want to take that step back and say, hey, you gotta. You have to understand this. You, it's not good enough for you to just do it, rinse and repeat over and over and over mm-hmm. again. If you're not paying attention to what you're actually doing and taking that all in, then you're really not learning. Right. You're just you're just regurgitating information and and trying to imitate someone right. rather than learn and make it your own. Right. And for players, I think it's important that when you learn something in a lesson, that you stick with it. I know a lot of times, and me included, you know, there's been times where I've done something with a, with a, with a student one day or one week, and the next week, you know, it's, comple- it's totally forgotten about. Mm-hmm. I'm one, for me, when I do my, my hitting lessons specifically, fielding, yes, a little different because I just like to touch all, all bases, but f- hitting specifically, I like to make it a progression. So from the very first time that I see you, okay, it's our very first day together. I've never seen you swing unless you're one of my players. In right. my case, I've never had anybody like that. So it's the very first time I'm seeing, seeing you. I will then, you know, assess your swing. I'll, I'll pinpoint some little things. I'll, 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 I'll hand you a ball cart, hand you a tee. I'll say, go swing off the tee. I'm going to pinpoint what you're doing. Okay, I want to pinpoint how your body's moving, how your hands are moving, how your legs are moving, how your feet are moving, how you're interacting with the ground, the way you're moving towards the ball. That's all things that I'm looking for. And then I can start pinpointing lit, lit, bits and pieces of information to give to that player. I'm not going to go ahead and give him everything in the 30-minute lesson. Mm-hmm. Not because I want – I mean, obviously, I want him to come back the next week. Right. But – they just don't have the attention span and the mindset to remember everything that I give them. Mm-hmm. So by the time that I give them the third point that they need to do, they've forgotten the first. Right. By the time I give them the fourth, they've forgotten the second. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works, and I've seen it a long time. Absolutely. So one thing that I like to do is progress it, okay? Mm-hmm. If he has tons of hitting you know, weaknesses and tons of mechanic issues, I pinpoint the very first one that I think is going to help him the most. Right. From there... The following week after we nail that, okay, I'm not leaving the cage until we perfect this swing with this movement. Mm-hmm. We then go to the second thing mm-hmm. with incorporation of the first thing that we right. that we did, right, and so on and so forth. Right. Now we're progress progressing, excuse me, into a full progression of how the swing should be mm-hmm. and how we should be moving with our body when we swing. Um, that's a plan thick and through, right? And it, and listen, everybody's different, so I'm not going to tell you 
the same thing I would tell to my next lesson. Right. I'm not going to tell my next lesson the same thing I would tell you. Why? They're two different people, two different weights, two different heights, two different ages. They move differently. Mm-hmm. My drills are not for everybody. My drills are not for everybody. Your drills are not for everybody. Nope. My drills are – I don't have one specific drill. I do a lot of things that I think are going to help my lessons. And if that doesn't help them, I have to find something else to do. And we, you've seen this. I've seen this. I've seen that you did it. You know, you've called me over a couple of times. Hey, this isn't working. What do I do? This is, you know, the same thing when I have a couple of pitching lessons, the very few that I do, you know, hey, do this this way. It's going to help them better. So right. I think finding a coach that has a plan for you, um, you specifically, not a plan that he's done with anybody else, but you specifically, is something to look for as well. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, and, I, you know, I think it's something actually that Andrew Moore talked about uh, in our last, last uh, episode about, you know, giving kids as much feedback as possible yeah. when they're doing things. Sure. That's not feedback that's not pertinent to what you're doing in the moment. It's all feedback about the specific movement that you're trying to create in that moment. So if you're doing a drill for a very specific movement – Let's say you're talking about um, your back knee and hip drive on either a swing or or your pitching delivery, right? right. If you're going to talk then and, – and you know what? Honestly, I'm guilty of this because I just can't help myself sometimes, mm-hmm. and I have to take that step back occasionally. Um, don't overload their brain with information then about their shoulder movement, right. about their arm path, right. about their hand path, whatever it is. Focus on that and, and you know, keep it consistent – from that perspective on what you're working on mm. in that moment. Absolutely. Um, that's, I think, where we don't want to have information overload, but feedback and infor- information for the player is absolutely vital and important, um, pertinent to that situation and that movement that you're doing. Sure. You know, because they might not understand one way of phrasing it, so you have to give them another. You have to give them another, another, another. Analogies. Exactly. I, I throw analogies out every time. Oh, oh, this is my favorite. One thing, one thing I throw out, um, and I actually use for a lot because it really helps them, is shoulder movement. Mm-hmm. So I tell them, I go, just think of a seesaw. Mm-hmm. If the if the back side goes down, what happens to the front side? It goes up, and right. vice versa. Right. Right. So same thing when we when we move our shoulders. If my back shoulder goes down to get to the ball. What does your front shoulder do? Come up. Right. Same thing. The other thing, the other one I use was a swing set. A swing set goes back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. If you bring it around, what happens? It stops swinging naturally because it's science. Right. So just keep your hands the same thing. Think of your hands of a swing set, right? It goes mm-hmm. back in the same line that it came. It goes forward in the same line that it came back with. Mm-hmm. So using analogies, finding different ways that the coach can portray his message to you. Mm-hmm. And... That leads me to my last, not my last point, but, you know, I think an interesting point. A lot of people get caught up, oh, I want to go with a pro coach. I want to go with a high school coach. I want to go with a college coach. And me being a college coach myself, that's great. But, uh, and I'll be dead up honest on this myself, you know, because, again, I see myself doing it. You know, you want to find a coach, especially if you're a parent of a younger age coach, that. He may not even be a pro coach. He may not be, you know, a certified rap solo coach or pro coach or high school or college. But it's a coach that you like the style of the coaching that he's giving your child, your player. Mm-hmm. Again, it goes back to what we said. If you have a pro coach, he may not explain things as a nine-year-old baseball coach. Right. Right? And, that, and therefore, you're getting nothing out of the lesson. Because even though he's saying some really great things, 
Okay, the way he's saying it in the vernacular he's using is not something that your son understands. Exactly. Finding a coach that portrays right. I can't say the same to a ten-year-old. Right. You it know? just it just won't work. It won't work, and it, it may be something really, really good. It, mm-hmm. may, it may be something very beneficial, but if they don't understand. Right. Because what are they going to do? Say, you, I'm going to tell them something ridiculous. Say, you know what, keep your back, say your, keep your hip stacked, keep your hands loaded or something on your backside, something ridiculous. And they're going to say, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. And then they're going to the exact opposite of what you said, and then you're going to get frustrated. Exactly. And then they're going to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Right? Find a coach that is good, that it works well with your son or your daughter, mm-hmm. for that matter. Yep. Um, last thing here before we sign off, and I, I want your honest opinion because – Again, we do live in a world of social media with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, right? Instagram coaches, mm-hmm. do's and don'ts. What's your opinion? My opinion. Um, I, I do look at Instagram, uh, you know, other coach accounts, a uh, lot of followers, that kind of stuff. I look to see what they're doing um, just to see if I missed anything. You know, I, I like to look at their accounts and, and see how – they're teaching things, what they're teaching, the drills that they use, um, and and what can be applied, and just learning things, sure. right? Um, that being said, I've been doing this for a little while now, and and I played college baseball, and and I've done my research on on mechanic movements and and proper pitching mechanics and stuff like that, um, you know. So I kind of know what I'm looking for. I know what I'm looking at. I know what these drills are for. I know why they're doing them. I know how they're supposed to be done, what it's supposed to feel like when you do them. Um, but as a, as a parent or a player, for that matter, um, you want to be a little careful when you're, you're looking at drills online uh, that are seemingly quick fixes to things or whatever it may be. Just pay attention to what they're doing. Listen to see if they actually explain why you're doing the drill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they're the end of the world, but you do want to make sure you understand what's happening. 100%. Uh, take it to your coach. If, you have, if you're doing lessons, if you're training with someone, say, hey, I saw this drill that somebody else was doing. Why are they doing this? Yeah. How can it help my my player? Mm-hmm. Exactly. How can it help me? Why would they do this thing? Why don't you teach me this? Why don't you do this? What is it that is different between the way you teach and the way this guy teaches right. or right. whatever it is? Um, so I think it's a good source of creativity um, because I've seen some crazy stuff. I've seen some really crazy stuff that can work for a lot of people. But if you don't do it the right way and you don't understand why you're doing it, how you're doing it, or if there's weights involved or weighted balls involved, not using the right weight for you, um, you can get hurt. Absolutely. Um, So my advice would be don't just try the drills out. Understand them or have someone explain them to you first. Sure. And, and again, it just goes back to that awareness that you have to have as a player, as a parent, Mm -hmm. as a coach. Because if you don't understand what's going on in something you see on your phone – and you try to do it, you're not going to know what exactly you're doing, and it becomes useless. 
um, especially when you see guys working with like older older dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing stuff because they've gotten to that point. Right. Exactly. Know who it's for. Right. Right. Like I said, they're ready. It's like karate, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like we, I know we talk about this a lot. You know, certain p- coaches give certain players certain drills to do. I don't, I don't know. It's like a tongue twister. Certain coaches give certain players certain drills to do. And that's the and that's the truth, right? I'm not going to give someone who's not ready for a certain drill mm-hmm. on my five lesson, on my five o'clock lesson, right. but I may do it my five thirty because they're ready, right? Right? You have to build up to a certain point to to get to certain some certain drills. Mm-hmm. Once you get there, then you can start doing some things a little more advanced and more advanced and more advanced. Think it's like it's like it's like again karate, mm-hmm. right? What happens in karate? You go in there and you get you get the white belt or whatever it is. And eventually you work your way up to a black belt, which means you're almost an expert at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Same type of thing, right? You start your first lesson, you start your first baseball movements, you have no idea what's going on. Then slowly but surely you start coming every week, twice a week, mm-hmm. or coming for an hour, 30 minutes, whatever the case is. And you start building a, re- a repertoire. You start building your toolbox. You start you know, right. learning new things. And that's what these coaches are doing. Some, they're, they're giving you snippets of some small things that they're doing, I, I uh, hand on the Bible, I guarantee the videos they post are towards probably the middle of their lesson. Mm-hmm. It'll never be in the beginning, and it'll never be at the end. Why? At the middle of the lesson, that's when their players are peaking that they're showing on video, and they want to obviously look good, right? So it's everything they're doing, they worked up to. You can't just go into that. I, I totally get that. Yeah. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yep. Make sure that you're ready for the drill. Make sure that you understand who it's for, when it's being done, why it's being done, and how to apply it correctly. And if you need to apply it to your swing, throw, fielding mechanics, whatever it is, you might not need it. It might just be something that's not for you. Um, so, so yeah, just do your research and make sure that these drills are something that you should be doing. Do your research. Be aware. Know what you're getting to. Have that conversation with that coach. Hey, coach, mm-hmm. what's the plan? Tell me the plan for the next five weeks. What are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? What are we going to make work? Mm-hmm. Ask questions. Never be afraid to ask questions. And that's all. Folks, as always, you can always reach us at diamondtalkshow at gmail.com. Again, diamondtalkshow at gmail.com. If you ever want to get at us, ever want to ask us questions about the facility, the show, one of us, anything you want to know, email us there. Uh, We'll be sure to get at you. Folks, thanks for tuning in. That is Season 3, Episode 5.